Aliens Ate My Homework by Bruce Coville, Chapter 15, Madame Pong Steps In. Activate external speakers and microphones, commanded Gregor. Aye, aye, sir, said Phil. A pair of green tendrils writhed out from among his leaves and threw some switches. Leaning close to what I took to be a microphone, Gregor snapped, BKR, release those children immediately! BKR waved his hands. The purple words in the air above him shimmered and disappeared. The children are mine, he said, his words coming clearly through the speaker system. Surrender now or you will be very sorry. Would he really hurt them, I asked. At least I thought I asked it until I realized my throat was so tight with fear that no sound had come out. I swallowed and tried again. Would he really hurt them? Of course, said Tar Gibbons. Wait, I have an idea. Why don't we shrink him? Gregor shook his head. He will be shielded against that possibility. Okay, so we shrink the twins instead and get them away from him. Possibly, but unlikely, said Snout, hobbling across the room to stand beside me. We got you away from him by shrinking you. BKR is not likely to let that happen twice. While success is not one of is not out of the question, odds are high that the attempt will result in injury to the younglings. Then what are we going to do? Gregor placed his hand over the microphone so that only he could hear him and said, "We are going to surrender." We are I cried in astonishment. We have no choice. Any sign of attack on our part and BKR will drop your siblings into that pit without a second thought. According to galactic code, such larvae must be protected. But can we count on him to keep his word? Will he really let the twins go if you surrender? It is my duty to negotiate that certainty, said Gregor. I was somewhat astonished that Gregor was so concerned about the twins' safety. Obviously, they belong to a different legal category than the sixth graders like me, which brought up the next question. When we surrender, what will BKR do to us? Millions have wept, murmured Madame Pong. Tar Gibbons rested its head on my shoulder and said, Remember, young Rod Albright, all is not lost until all is lost. Microphone off, said Gregor. Aye, aye, burped Phil. Gregor turned and looked each of us full in the eyes. For the second or so that he was looking at me, I saw in his face a kind of sorrow I wouldn't have expected him to be able to feel. It was in that moment that I understood what it meant for him to surrender his ship. Finally, he turned to Snout. The ship's mental officer rested one long-fingered hand on Gregor's broad shoulder and said, "'My sympathies, my captain.'" Gregor nodded gruffly and turned to his control panel. Microphone on!
he commanded. Then, speaking softly, he said, BKR, hear my words. We will surrender once the children are safely on the ground. How do I know I can trust you? asked BKR. Gregor hesitated. Spacer's oath, he said at last. Madame Pong gasped. Tar Gibbon stretched its neck to lay its head on my shoulder again. The captain is bound by that oath in a way that is hard to explain, it whispered. By law and by training, he cannot break it. I understand, I replied, thinking of my mother's chocolate cookies. Oath accepted, said BKR. Here are the terms. I will let the children down and allow them to return home unharmed. In exchange, you will land your ship by that rock. He paused and pointed to a big stone about 20 feet in front of him. All crew members will then exit and throw down their weapons. He took something from his pocket. According to my readings, there are six beans on the ship. Make sure you all come out. Gregor's eyes widened, his nostrils flared, and he began to grind his teeth. What's wrong? I whispered to Tar Gibbons. Gregor answered the question himself. Placing his hand over the microphone, he said, The instrument BKR used to examine the population of our ship checks animal life only. I'd bet a Furmanin snibble on it. He doesn't know Phil is here. If I hadn't taken a spacer's oath, we could bring Plink out with us and leave Phil on the ship. What good would that do? I asked. Basic warrior science tells us it's always good to have an element of which your enemy is unaware, explained Targibbons. It may prove worthless. It may save your hide. Gregor lifted his hand from the microphone. Through clenched teeth, he said, Release the children! When they are out of danger, we will exit. I turned my attention to the view screen. BKR took something that looked like a TV remote control out of his pocket. He pushed a button, and the flame in the pit disappeared. Another button caused the twins to begin drifting slowly toward the ground. They landed about five feet from the side of the pit. Now run home, said BKR. You're a bad person, shouted little thing one. I hope you poop your pants. Then she grabbed Eric's hand and the two of them ran for the edge of the field. All right, Gregor, said BKR. The children are free. I will accept your surrender now. Before Gregor could move, Madame Pong stepped over to stand beside him. Slipping one hand over the microphone, she reached up to the back of his head and pulled out the module she had inserted the afternoon the ship crashed in my room. Snout made a move to stop her, then lowered his hand as if he thought better of it. Gregor stood as though frozen. Removing another module from her pocket, Madame Pong slipped it into Gregor's skull, saying, I hope this one functions more efficiently than that diplomatic module did. What is it? I asked. 
docility module, she said, as a gentle smile spread over Gregor's face. He turned to her and said, Well, the torch has passed. What are you going to do, madam? I am assuming command of the ship, she replied. Her voice was like steel wrapped in velvet. Phil, order Plink to exit with Snout. You yourself will stay on board. Be ready for action. The rest of us will exit in a moment. Gregor, tell BKR we're on the way out. With a dreamy smile, Gregor removed his hand from the microphone and said, We will be exiting the ship momentarily. Now turn off the microphone, said Madame Pong. Gregor nodded and did as she told him. I don't understand, I said. Captain Gregor is bound by his oath, said Madame Pong. I, however, am a diplomat. While I am also bound by the oath he has made, the restrictions on my profession are not quite so strict. After all, I make my living telling little white lies. BKR wanted six of us to exit, and six is what he'll get. He also said he wanted all of us to exit, said Gregor. He was leaning against the control panel with a contented look on his face. I had been thinking the same thing, but hadn't dared to say it. He's getting half of what he asked for, said Madame Pong. That's a better deal than most of us get out of life. We left the ship in single file. BKR, who looked like a 10-story building from my current size, stared down at us. He looked extra hard at Plink, who was riding on Snout's shoulder, but didn't say anything. Gregor's guess had been right. Our enemy didn't realize we still had one crew member on board the Ferkel. All right, climb in here, said BKR, pointing to a plastic box at his feet. It took me a moment to recognize it. It was Little Thing One's lunchbox. Something she had made Mom buy her after she saw me carrying my own lunchbox to school a couple of times a week. Now it looked like a small house. Well, a small yellow house with Smurfs all over it. Walking over to the box, I jumped up and grabbed the edge. With a boost from Gregor, I managed to climb in. Tumbling over the side, I landed in a pile of stale food and broken toys that Linda had been collecting. The other aliens soon joined me. I was still trying to untangle myself from the hair of a severed Barbie doll head when BKR slammed down the lid. Until that moment, I had never considered how dark it would be inside a lunchbox. We might as well have been in a coal bin at midnight until two circles of light suddenly appeared. What's that? I cried. I was so startled that I stepped backward. Naturally, I tripped over a piece of the debris littering the slick floor of the lunchbox. Ow, I said as I landed on something sharp. You all right, Rod? asked Madame Pong. I'm fine. I just fell on something. But what's making those lights? 
Oh, it's me, said Tar Gibbons. The lights went out, then came back on, and I realized it was a result of the tar blinking. The light was coming from its eyes. <laughs> Aliens. What the heck is this thing anyway, I asked, picking up the object that had poked me in the side when I fell. I didn't expect an answer. It was just one of those things you say. So I was startled when Targibbon shouted, Flibix be honored! It's a warrior miracle! Whoosh! <whistles>